0: Welcome to another episode of the Modern Life Podcast. I am Sam, I'll be your host today, and I am joined today by Tabby. Hello and Stacy. Hi. Today we are talking about the movie slash book Stardust. All right, before we start talking about Stardust, let's do some modern thoughts. What is on our mind today? Stacey, you want to start? What's going on over there?
1: I just think it's funny that two articles were written about this. I guess there was a study done in Colorado uh, State University about whether guys that like cats Mm -hmm. are less attractive to women what the fact that this study is even being done is amazing to me but the fact that they had to sit there and like that that women like view i guess women view men that like cats less mas- masculine so they don't want to date them and it's somehow uh, it
0: makes sense when you're saying it but then when i think about it it makes no sense at all yeah so what what the what study say
1: study found that women find men like, if they saw a picture with a guy with cats, they're most likely going to swipe to not, not want to date him. There's oh, so
2: many, like, calendars of the sexy firefighters
1: with the cats, no? Hmm. Yeah, it's, like, more with dogs. No, it's for some reason they, like, don't view the guy with cat. Like, and even though it's, like, a small percentage that it goes down, so only like, 6% that the women that won't date him, the women that absolutely refuse went up, like, 10%. So mm. for some reason, like there's a strong passion.
0: Wait, did, did the study go further, like examining why cats? Like they what say is that it, it has to it do about with
1: cats? it has to do with the fact that for some reason in the United States, it's a masculinity thing. Like they want to be with somebody who's more masculine because they want to be feel more protected, things like that. And a guy holding a cat for some reason is not as masculine, I guess you could say. Interesting well ladies cats do
2: (laughs) ladies form like more tighter close bonds than dogs do dogs will just immediately kind of love you so if you want a guy who's emotionally Mm. mature maybe Mm. you should look out for the cat lovers
1: (laughs) i will say that i found myself a strapping cat guy hey there (laughs) I like both. Yeah, but you were a, way more of a cat guy than, than until you met Bella. Well, and that's my dog.
0: Because your dog is the best. Yes, And agreed. it is my dog now. Yes, it is our dog. She loves, she loves me more.
1: No. You just feed her in the morning.
0: Um, all right, so my modern thought is I'm going in, into video game territory here, specifically into the uh, Spider-Man universe. They recently announced that they're going to make a standalone game with Miles Morales, which, if you don't know, is basically like African-American Spider-Man. And when I saw that, I was like, it just filled me with joy because I i am so over just every, every new Spider-Man thing that comes out. It's always like Peter Parker and he's always the same age and he never has a shit together. It's just always the same version of Spider-Man. And especially if you watched uh, the Into the Spider-Verse movie, it really kind of opened my eyes of like, where else
2: mm-hmm.
0: where else that can go? There's so many different kind of avenues you can take with Spider-Man. And so when they're finally announced that they're making the standalone version with Miles Morales, who just seems to be a better human being than any Peter mm-hmm. Parker version I've ever seen. Like, he's just smarter and... You know, he seems to have his stuff together, and it's not always wearing like three day old clothes with pizza hanging on the ceiling like Peter Parker. It's just nice that we're finally like exploring some other versions of Spider-Man. It's going to be about a 10 hour long game, and it's basically what Uncharted 4 did with what was it called? Lost Lost Legacy?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: it's basically going to be like that, where it's the standalone thing, but it's not as long as... The original game but it's kind of in that same universe so and honestly like 10 hours is a good it's like a solid gameplay experience so i think it's just cool so yeah
2: right on we might play that
0: yeah i might <laughs> <laughs>
2: all righty so mine i'm kind of trying to get back to normal at work mm-hmm. and a lot of the people i haven't seen in two months now like some of the front of house staff mm-hmm. and i'm Kind of checking in with them the other day and I'm talking to one of them and I'm like, oh, how have you been doing? How's your girlfriend? Is she, was she out of work? And he goes, oh no, she's been working from home. It's like crunch time for her right now. And I'm like, crunch crunch time for what? And Mm -hmm. he goes, she works on the Mars 2020 project. (laughs) That was my reaction too. (laughs) So Mars 2020 was a, it's like a Mars rover expedition Mm -hmm. that was started in... 2012 wow and the month this episode is coming out july is when the launch date is to send this robot up there
0: is this a nasa thing or is this like a spacex thing do we know i
2: think it's a nasa NASA thing thing thing, because that's where i got a lot of the information but this robot is going to be collecting samples of certain areas on mars where they think there might have been like past evidence of life Hmm. so it's trying to get all these like earth samples and collect the dust and then there's going to be another mission of another robot trying to get those samples back the project costs about 2.1 billion which (laughs) i think is quite reasonable for going to mars yeah i just thought that was really fascinating and really cool and how is this
0: different from because they've already sent like a couple rovers up there right do we know how this is any different it's just trying to collect different stuff or what so from what i was seeing
2: it is more to do with there's something about studying the dust and how it affects the environment and then also just trying to find these signs of life Mm -hmm. so it's going to a specific region on mars where they think there might have been the highest chance of there being like organ not organisms now but past evidence of them so it's going to launch in July and then it's going to land in February, which I again think is quite fast to reach Mars. Yeah. It's only a few months, but. I mean, um, why are you
0: into space all of a sudden? You used to hate space stuff.
2: I still don't care Every about space. Every time I bring stuff. up space,
0: you're like, how does that help us down here? I'm like, j- I'm,
2: I still don't know how I'm it so does. so proud of you.
0: I'm so proud. <laughs> but of you. I
2: just thought it was really cool that my coworker's girlfriend is working on this. And she, I guess she's been working on it for the past six years. It's crazy
0: when you dive into these giant space projects, how and you don't think about this, how literally down to the tiniest screw, everything has to be completely you know, has to be looked at and and just engineered and made at the highest level possible. Cause just, you know, one tiny part fails and there goes your whole spacecraft. Yeah,
2: and the launch date I guess is also really Important, I guess they always are, but again, I don't know anything about this. But it's just Mm -hmm. the way that the planets align that it has to be in July. All right. Yes, from space into stardust. (laughs) (laughs) Woo!
1: (laughs) (laughs) What's up with the woo today?
0: (laughs) I'm like surfing the stardust waves. Do you have a movie summary over I there? Do. I know you do. I Come do. on. Let's
2: do it. All right. So the movie Stardust came out in 2007. It was directed by Matthew Vaughn. And I think this is the second Matthew Vaughn movie we're doing because we did X-Men before. We did
0: X-Men. Yeah. And
2: yep. this is also a book which came out in 1997 and was written by Neil Gaiman. So it's a story about a boy living in Victorian England in a town called Wall, which borders a magical kingdom. Tristan has lived alone with his father, who finally reveals to him that his mother, whom he has never met, is enslaved to a witch in this fairy kingdom. Tristan sets off to find his mom, but immediately abandons his important quest to capture a fallen star in the form of a young girl called Evane, and offer her as a present to the prettiest girl in his village. Evane has been knocked out of the sky by a gemstone sent to the heavens by the fairy kingdom's dying ruler. His heirs begin a competitive search for this jewel, as its possession promises ascension to the throne. Evane is also pursued by three aging witches, who plan to devour her to gain youth and prolonged life. On their dangerous journey back to Wald, Tristan and Yvain also encounter quite a few colorful characters, some helpful, some less so. By the end of the movie, Tristan reunites with his mother, discovers he's the last remaining heir to the throne, and falls in love with Yvain. The film manages to beautifully tie together its many narrative threads and also combine a multitude of genres in one, including fantasy, action, adventure, romance, mystery, and comedy.
0: So you're the only person that read the book, Tabby, and I only watched this movie for the first time, you know, when we watched it, what, like a month ago or so. Mm -hmm. And I think you, both you and Stacey had seen this movie already several times before, right? Yeah. So this was just my introduction to it, and one of the first things I noticed was how it was very much in that spirit of Princess Bride, where you can't just put like one label on it. It's mm-hmm. you know, it's got it's a little kid friendly and it has adult humor. It's fantasy. There's some action, like comedy. Like there's mm-hmm. all these different genres kind of mixed in there, which is I haven't. I don't know if I've seen a movie pull it off as well like Stardust since Princess Bride. Yeah. I think it's really hard to mix all these things together.
2: Agreed. <laughs> Well, and I think now that I'm thinking of it, we spoke so much about the ensemble cast of Stardust, and mm-hmm. I, that's really one of the strengths of The Princess Bride, too. So, so yeah. many characters, you know, from Billy Crystal to Christopher Guest, like all these characters are just so fantastic. And that's what's right. really great about Stardust, too, where you just have Ricky Gervais popping up and you have yeah, Mark that- Strong.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, the cast is like, for even the small roles, is just like kind of incredible. Yeah. it did. I mean, it didn't have a huge budget, right?
0: Uh, no, it had like 80, 90 million. It was like a fairly big movie. I think
1: it was 72 million.
0: Oh, uh, just a few million. It's still, it's still a big budget. So if we're, if we're just doing a quick comparison between Princess Bride and Stardust, I would almost say that Stardust, the supporting cast, is even more important than the supporting cast in Princess Bride. because. Unlike Princess Bride, Mm -hmm. I really don't quite care for the Mm -hmm. main characters in Stardust. Yeah. Like, to me, they're honestly the weakest part of the movie. And the -hmm. reason why the movie works is because of this insane supporting cast that are constantly, you know, thrown onto the screen. How do you guys feel about the main characters? Yeah, no, I agree. The Princess
2: Bride, I mean, that's like an amazing love story. We we love those two characters. Robin Wright
0: and... the other guy yeah (laughs) i never remember his name i don't know why
2: yeah i mean let's talk about tristan and evan and how we're maybe not that keen on them
0: claire danes just does not do it for me yeah you
1: don't like her. But it's not
0: just in this movie like because you know everyone loves that homeland show and i haven't really had a lot of exposure to claire danes i'm like because I think she's just overacting so hard in this movie. And I'm like, is this is this just for this movie? Or is this just how she acts? And I looked up some scenes from Homeland because I'd never seen it. And it's just her with an American accent doing the same thing. I feel it was just there's hmm. nothing subtle about her acting, which just doesn't work for me. It's just always a lot like going on in the face. And
2: well, I think it was just that scene where she's talking to the mouse. And it's like that yeah. confession of love. And. Just so many things happening with her facial muscles. It's a lot,
0: lot with the, the mouth and the eyes and the no, eyebrows. You're doing
2: it, but it's a podcast, <laughs> so know. no one can
1: see it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, why is, do we, we don't know why she's doing a British accent, right?
2: No, because everybody else is kind of just doing their own accent and their own thing, but she's doing something else.
0: I, I tried to look up why the British accent, all I could why? find is an interview, like... Of her talking about how she had a dialect coach
1: huh. and all this. Well,
2: wait, Charlie Cox is he American? I I, I, don't, know I, don't, I, I don't know. about I, I know actor.
1: that it was like a lot of British actors were cast in this, according to the article that I read about it. And so I think they just went with it.
0: I know Cox is a pretty British last name. Let's look it up. Yeah, no, so Charlie Cox is an English actor.
1: Oh, okay. So
0: okay. he's he's I guess most well known for that Daredevil show that was on Netflix, and in that he's doing an American accent. So. I see. I guess the only person not speaking their native accent is Claire Danes in this movie, I think, right? Yeah. Like Robert De Niro is just right. doing his Robert De Niro voice.
1: Yeah,
2: Henry Michelle Pfeiffer. His
1: did she own use name? a British voice or did she use No, I
2: think she's just using her own.
1: I don't remember. Who, Michelle Pfeiffer? Yeah.
0: Michelle Pfeiffer? Yeah, I think she's just she's just being normal. Hmm. So I don't I don't know why. Maybe it's cuz it's this royal star falling from the skies. Like I don't, I just don't I don't know why just seems unnecessary i don't know and charlie cox i'm sure is a lovely guy it's just not eh.
1: he just doesn't have that like leading man it's factor yeah. i i actually disagree with that i okay. think it's just
2: the characters themselves that that really annoy you think me just the
0: writing of the character okay i can see that
2: because like what he's going on this mission to find his mom and then he's like F mom i don't care about <sighs> finding oh, yeah. mom like, well i know but that's in the book that's not in
1: the oh he no is. no yeah, yeah, in, yeah, 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 yeah. no in
2: the book um he doesn't even know about his mom okay so he, mm. there's no discussion with the dad of like you have to go find your mom right. um which is actually also something that doesn't make a lot of sense in terms of the world building that the candle would transport him even though he's in england because the magic isn't supposed to work and we find this out later that claudine's would just turn into rock once she crosses the wall yeah mm. so that it's, like, fun, but it's one of those things that's not very right. consistent.
0: I guess you're right. I, I really didn't care for his, just how his character was written, and maybe I'm just projecting that onto Charlie, and it's not fair for Charlie, well, and I'm sorry that. And
2: even that. his moment of when he kind of finally realizes that... Victoria is maybe not the right person for him. Mm-hmm. He's like holding her in his arms and then he drops her onto the floor and he's like, why don't you grow up? And it's like, you just grew up five minutes ago. How about you <laughs> show a little compassion?
1: What <laughs> are and- <laughs> the reviews that I read said that the Victoria was so much better of a character in the book versus in the movie. They kind of like one dimensional her. Hmm. Uh, did did you find just, that to be
2: true? She's just very different in the book. So in the book, that character is also not likable because he's like following her home and asking her five times, like if he can kiss her and then they Mm. see this falling star and he's like, what, what if I got that for you? And she's like, okay, why don't you go do that? She's like trying to get home safely and not be attacked by this, like, and she's already engaged to another person in the, in the village at that point and when he comes back there's like more of a time lapse and i think she's actually already pregnant by the time that he comes back
0: well let's talk about him coming back because i i don't know how it is in the book in the movie it just seems like this forced thing to move the plot forward where he just runs off without telling claire danes where he's going right yeah stacy didn't like like
1: that misunderstanding he he abandoned
0: me it's like why don't you just tell her like what you're like, yeah, the
1: whole thing just didn't flow. Why and just be say, like,
0: hey, you know, I gotta go back into town and take care of one more thing. I'll just, I'll be back in an hour. God. Like, why does he have to sneak off?
1: So
2: I, I think you guys are correct about that. But I like how it forces the story together at the end because then the mom, like, you know, she kind of kidnaps the witch and like runs over there. Right. Mark Strong's coming. Michelle Pfeiffer's coming, and then you have Charlie Cox running back, and they're all f- coming together to right. the star. And the culmination of that, I thought, added a lot of movement and action and was really cool. But the way that was initiated, mm-hmm. it was one of those movie misunderstanding things that's just like, yeah, why is just this happening? <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Like, really?
1: I just feel like there could have been, like, a dramatic reason for him to leave that they could have thrown in there. Like, something to, like, make it more of a rush where he didn't have time to tell her he was leaving. Right. Rather mm-hmm. than just right. this, like, romantic gesture that fell so sh- short. Yeah. I don't know interesting and also
2: victoria in that scene where they have the picnic the midnight picnic Mm -hmm. yeah she's like oh henry cavill's gonna go get me a diamond ring from the village over and it's like okay if you're living in like some victorian little village and a guy says he's gonna get you a diamond ring go with that guy (laughs) oh my god like let's stop shaming her for wanting to be with henry cavill yeah, yeah, seriously. Yeah, no kidding.
0: Also, Charlie Cox's character has gone on, he's on his first date, and he's like, I love you, and I want to marry you, and uh, I guess maybe that's just what happened back then, but it's so silly. <laughs> like, you don't even know this person. Yeah, he's
2: like super extra, which yeah. all those lines are actually from the book. I think they're quite pretty when he's like, I'm going to get you a polar bear and a tiger, and I'm going to get you the mm-hmm. gold from the, what, I don't know what it all was, <laughs> but.
0: You want to talk about Michelle Pfeiffer? I thought she was brilliant. Wanna talk about her poor horse?
1: (laughs) Wait, horse. Oh, no, wait, that's the other witch.
0: I'm mixing up witches. (laughs)
1: Are you talking about the goat? Is that what you're trying
2: (laughs) to do? We had some animal rights. Many witches. What's the other witch? She has this giant cart. Sal sal water
0: ditch. Ditch She has this one poor little, it's not even that big of a horse. Yeah, that poor horse. She's dragging this cart.
2: This giant cart. And then at the end, it's like at full gallop. <laughs> it's like all oh, this poor horse. Poor little thing. <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer has these golden strands in her hair mm-hmm. that teenagers used to do back in my day where they used to put them in their, in their hair and like for some reason, she pulls it off and she looks like amazing. <laughs> and That's like a goddess. A Michelle
1: <laughs> <Pfeiffer>. <laughs> it's Michelle Pfeiffer. She always looks amazing. <laughs> Even as an old wench, she still looks amazing.
2: Yeah, it's some really cool makeup things oh, happening They did such she, like, a good job
1: of the aging on. and like everything. That's true. Yeah. yeah just nice the, the just that. the aging from start to finish and going back and forth. Like, sh- phenomenal.
0: Speaking of Michelle Pfeiffer used to be a model, right? Or was she just always an actress?
1: I think she was always an actress. I don't think she was ever a model. Yeah. She has. Um, it's beautiful, and it, I don't know if it would work as a model. She's got, like, one eye that's a little bit... Oh, that's right. Like, she's
2: got the Vyrengosling. Oh, yeah, oh,
1: and I, I don't know if that, that would work as a model, but she, she's, I mean, she's gorgeous.
0: All the three witches, like, it was fun to spend time with them, where they're just, like, this sister dynamic of, like, they're competing with each other, but they're all supporting each other at the same
1: time. Yeah, I don't know, it, was it, was, it, was, it was fun. <laughs> In the book, that she doesn't play as big a role, right? Like oh really?
2: Well, in the book, at the end, she doesn't die. There's kind of actually like a sweet moment between Evaine and her. Once the witch finally finds her, Evaine has already given her heart to Tristan. Hmm. So even killing her wouldn't give the witch the, yeah, her heart. So it's like, well, you got away, and then they kind of have like a sweet moment, and that's it. Does so... she have
0: sisters in the book? Oh, I can't remember
2: die? now. I think she does. Uh... Hmm remember Whoa. i just read this book Man, i'm sorry <laughs> oh I'm sorry i actually wanted to point out something in the book uh-huh. i have a few quotes written down because i think neil gaiman's writing is is quite beautiful there's a reason he's still a very popular you know writer and most of his books get made into movies mm-hmm. and he said when he first saw the pirate ship he was so amazed because he's like well i can just write it down on the page but you have to like build the whole thing and you could like walk right. on the deck and right Like, a reviewer online said that the movie didn't match up at all with how imaginative the book was. And I just need to push back against that because I think the movie did such a great job. The CGI still holds up. You just have this one little, like, shot of Ricky Gervais's door and then inside his (laughs) hut. And you know it's just a set, but it somehow felt like his house could be part of this, like, winding
1: seaport town that they... Like, I feel like it does... I actually, I read, I think I read probably the same article. um, Oh, do you agree with it? No, I disagree. I think that I, I've read, I know I read a lot of fantasy books, so I I know that the translation between a book and a movie, usually sometimes they try and match it up so much that when you go back to watch the movie, like an older movie, it never, the CGI Mm -hmm. never holds up. And I felt like this movie, they did such a good job of like putting in just enough But not overdoing it. They leave some things to the imagination. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like they plant things that are magical, but don't overdo it and like have to go and show it. And like, I feel like that's such an error in a lot of fantasy movies that Mm -hmm. they they completely destroy the moment by trying to recreate these things that your your imagination. You're never going to match your imagination. They do it in horror movies too, where they just like some sometimes not showing it is better for the the movie than to Mm -hmm. show it does that make sense and so i completely disagree with this woman Mm -hmm. i think she was very off but that's just my opinion well Mm -hmm. again not to like compare
0: it too much to princess bride but that's really the only thing i i can compare it to because there's nothing it's not like i don't think there's a whole lot Mm -hmm. of similar things that have so many different genres packed in but just talking about the movie like the princess bride if when you watch that that fight scene's on a set and like that thing's made out of rubber but it's very it still holds up because just the way this the effects are done it's all very like charming does that make sense well it's the humor too right but i'm saying that like stardust has that same kind of thing going for it where i'm like okay i know i'm on this you know when when he first comes into the enchanted world after he skips the wall right well the dad in the Mm -hmm. beginning of the movie and you're like you know you immediately are just like oh yeah this is just a you can just tell it's just a really big set, but it doesn't take me out of the movie in this instance. It's just kind of the way everything is done, it's just very charming. So if you don't have too much, because like fantasy movies love to do that where it's just everything is just way over CGI'd. I just don't think you always yeah, need so that saying, with the like, genre. Mm-hmm. It just needs to be kind of charming and cute. And that works really well sometimes with the fantasy genre.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, I just I feel like some people expect too much, and you've got to realize that in a, in a novel, when you're reading it, the things that the writer can make you see things, but it's always from your own perception. So you're never going to be able to recreate that mm-hmm. in reality because your mind is always going to go to the extreme when it's reading. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, it, it always go it elaborates the scene so much. And I just, I, I hate when people do that. Like when they take a book and they're like, Oh, I wanted it to have more of this and more of that. It's like, well, that's how you saw it. Mm-hmm. I saw it completely different when I read the book. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, I think there's that, Imagery that people need to remember when they're doing recreating and I like how they kind of played it back a little bit So
2: absolutely and just a quote. I was gonna say About Gaiman's writing where he really puts you into a moment. This is from Describing the I think this is the dad or Tristan picking up the flower You know how the witches have these crystal flowers for Mm -hmm. sale and then Tristan gets one of them as like a protective charm and he writes Each flower was made of glass or crystal, and they chimed and jingled like distant glass bells. Um, And then once you pick it up, it's like a noise similar to that produced by wetting a finger and rubbing it gently around a wine glass. And Mm -hmm. the way he describes it, it's like you can hear it in your head, Mm -hmm. like as you're reading it. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I don't know. I just really love that. And I think what contributes to it looking so good is what you said is the sets. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, Ricky Gervais's head with the things hanging down and that yellow card looks so cool. The little witch's <laughs> yeah. card and even just the props, like those glass daggers right. that the witches have. They look <laughs> yeah. so cool. And then right. when they, you know, when they shatter and...
0: there's I don't know what it is about the fantasy genre. For some reason, you can get away with not everything looking, oh, this is like the greatest CGI I've ever seen or like... Like you can, you can rewatch David Bowie's labyrinth, you know, and it just, yeah.
1: with the oh, fantasy genre, movie. I don't know. I haven't well, thought about it. To much. Well, it's supposed to look whimsical but, and not, it doesn't right. need to look real. It's not supposed to be real. For, uh, you, there's
0: a lot more kind of wiggle room. I don't, like you can just get away with a lot more the way the movie looks and it'll just, it'll still be cute and hold up 20 years from now. You know, whereas if you do the latest CGI technology, like. That might not look good 20 years from now I don't
1: it most likely won't look good. <laughs> 20 yeah. Years from now. yeah
2: and i think actually also the costume design contributes a lot to this because everything really looks like it fit the actors and mm-hmm. it went with their personality except like mark, for the
1: f- opening scene dress
2: except for evane's dress is actually both of them but like mark strong has this like you know black outfit oh, and then charlie cox has that jacket later on with the brown yeah, collar that was, that's and-
1: an amazing jacket
2: and
0: what's your favorite outfit I know you have one you're always about the
2: bathrobe <laughs> the
0: movie costumes. honey you're wearing
2: a bathroom <laughs> <laughs> well and I think actually something that I could compare it to that's more high budget now that we're talking about maybe movies not within the genre mm-hmm. but I'm thinking of the King Arthur movie by Guy Ritchie mm-hmm. which has a lot of CGI and it looks really good but it has that incredible set designer who also worked on Game of Thrones and that show had incredible props, incredible mm. sets, and then the costume design as well does a lot of like color coding and like communicating character through costume and i think stardust does that so well yeah and yeah i think if you have these tiny details down you can get away with maybe the cgi not being yeah, super perfect yeah, Evane's dresses, both of them. The first one is just
1: this shapeless, it's like just the blue gray. One, right? No, is it's it gray? this gray, like. No, it's silver. Satin. Oh, yeah. It's, right. it's like, silver. it's it's silver. It's supposed to be like star like, but I don't. Oh, it, it looks, looks it was so plain, bad. Right? It was just really plain, and it was just, it, it wasn't, it, like, everything in the movie was just so, like, whimsical and, like, like this play between modern, like That's true, you yeah. You know, and then there's this dress that was just completely modern and, and it, it doesn't just, fit her body. No, it, like- it looks like it looks horrible on her, and it just like the style was just not it didn't fit with the rest of the movie. I could have pictured so many better. I wrote that same thing down. Yeah. <laughs> than it looks, that. It looks like, like in my head I could see mm, the dress the she stars, should have been wearing the, like- and like <laughs> That was not it. The
0: silver <laughs> dress looks like something a pop star would have worn to the Grammys, like in nineteen ninety six. this looks very futuristic. And it's all like silver.
2: <laughs> because when you meh. think of like what a star would wear, I'm picturing like the Queen of the Night from the Magic Fluid, and the opera singers always wear these like elaborate, cool, sparkly. Of kind of but then even the dress she wears later on has this really long train. You and you're telling me Robert De Niro would set her off on like a hiking journey in this like dress with a l- really long train? No he would not. He, like <laughs> she should have worn like pants or I just feel bad for Claire Danes. She doesn't wear a
0: single good costume. <laughs> in oh, this Claire movie. Well, let's talk why. let's talk about Robert De Niro since you brought him oh, up. Oh,
1: he's amazing.
0: To me, it's my favorite character is it's either Robert De Niro or Mark Strong. Or Mark I'm kind Chief. of
2: not Ricky Gervais.
0: <laughs> Ricky Gervais is great, and he's funny, <laughs> as always, but I, maybe I'm leaning towards Mark Strong, but it's it's just so refreshing to see Robert De Niro in this, because it's just, it's I, don't know, I don't know what other movie he plays somebody like this.
2: And he just has a good time.
0: Right. Yeah. He just has a really good time, and I'm like, like, I've never seen this version of Robert De Niro. Like, who is this guy? He's yeah, not, he's definitely fun. He's not being a hard ass, and he's not... Being, you know, like Dirty Grandpa. You probably don't remember that movie. Uh, (laughs) Like, just doing like some stupid comedic role. Like, it's genuinely, it seems like he's into it and he's like fun loving De Niro. I'm like, oh, I didn't know this guy existed. He's always this curmudgeon every time you see him in interviews.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Great character. (laughs) Shakespeare. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So he's fun. And then Mark Strong. Yeah, let's talk about Mark Strong. Oh, man. I know. I just I love Mark Strong in general, but he is just. I mean, and just the brothers in general in this movie. Oh just, yeah, the Greek they're chorus. They're probably my favorite part of the movie. They're the, yeah, the they're the
2: best part. I love all the, just all the little effects they did with them with Rupert when he's like falling, and so his hair is always to one side right, now. And right. Like, <laughs>
0: like the way you die. That's just the way you look in the afterlife. It's
2: just so much Perfectly. fun. Yeah. When they're like, She's got the necklace, she's got the they're just like <laughs> <laughs> commenting. <on> the- <laughs>
0: Who were you talking to that thought it was like too mean that Mark Strong pushes his brother off the ledge? would you tell me about that? Yeah,
2: I think some people thought it was too violent. I'm like, that's the funniest part when he's right, just like- like, the whole
0: family is just like evil. <laughs> yeah, you know? like Except the- for the sister. Starting with the dad, yeah, except <laughs> for the sister. I mean the king is just like I'm about to die and Haha, <laughs> none of you get you know, you have to you have to compete for who's the king.
2: Yeah, Mark Strong, they he has this really funny description in the book too, where it goes Septimus wore black doublet and hose, a black hat with a black feather in it, and looked for all the world like a foppish assassin from a minor Elizabethan historical <laughs> play. <laughs> and they made him look a lot cooler in the movie, but mm. I just thought that was such a funny description of like you know who this guy is
0: right and i loved so there's a fight scene at the end of the movie with mark strong where his the The voodoo fight scene michelle pfeiffer's witch is controlling his dead body and the way i couldn't find any anything as far as special features or descriptions of how exactly they did that my best guess is just, it's like a stuntman on a wire. Yeah. So they're supported, but they can kind of, or contortionist for that matter. So they can, Like the way the body is bending like backwards, you would almost have to be a contortionist.
2: Yeah, we don't think Mark Strong did all that. No, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I just, I started just giggling during that fight scene because to me, it's so, it's like a really good sword fight scene, but it's also really comedic, like how Mark Strong's body's moving, like these really... Like abrupt movements. I don't yeah. know how to explain yeah. it on on audio format here. You just oh, kind of have puppet. Yeah, like you have to it watch it if you haven't strings. seen it on YouTube. It's just it's it's really great. funny the way it's done. Um, and even
2: the effect of him dying when he's kind of floating up, like as yeah. if he's in the water oh, and he's yeah, like yeah, drowning. Yeah, yeah. Very cool.
0: Oh, Mark. <laughs> he's wearing a really good wig in this movie. Yeah, he looks good. <laughs> <laughs> but then, like, when. Again, like all the brothers are sitting there as ghosts. Like they're all dead at this point. <laughs> and Mark Strong's body comes back to life and it shows the brothers and they're all looking at him. And he's like, I, I don't know. And he's like, I'm not doing this. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, he doesn't know what's going on. Uh, it's just so funny. <laughs> and then like his body gets stabbed and all the brothers are like,
2: oh.
0: <laughs> this <is> great. Uh...
2: <laughs> oh, another side character I really loved was the guard of the wall. Because in the book, it's like different community members every night who have to guard the wall (laughs) and just having this
1: (laughs) older guy there. All the fight seed. Yeah,
0: so at the beginning of the movie, (laughs) the dad like tricks him, right? Pretending like he's going to walk away and then turns around and just books it through the opening in the wall. Yeah. And then later on, his son, Charlie Cox, tries to do the same thing, and this time the guard is just ready for it, and <laughs> he's like this 90-year-old guy, and just He's like boom! John Wick. Yeah, <laughs> 90-year-old John Wick. <laughs> Which, so... I don't know if this is explained in the book. Like, is there some magic barrier that the wall has where you can't just jump over the wall? Like, you have to go through this opening. No, in
2: the book, the wall is like really high. Okay. I just don't think they had the budget. They're like, there's this little brick wall we have. It's here. literally like a oh, foot high. Probably, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> <I'm> like... <laughs> they use like
1: um, they use they filmed in like a city in Iceland or something or in Iceland. It... And that's probably just a little. Yeah, it's it's just, just they use <laughs> <rest laughs> real. They use like real. Yeah. Well, some of it wasn't set design like the That's... like the town they're walking through is an actual town. Right. In, oh, in, it looks uh, nice. Yeah. yeah. And, and so they, they didn't really have to do much to change anything. They just had to like throw in a couple things so it's actually it's not really a set on a lot of the scenes which i thought was never
0: explained in the movie i'm just like why just go like a hundred yards east and then just (laughs) jump over the wall where there's no guard oh no
1: it's powers you can't do that
0: (laughs) (laughs) so in my head i'm just like it's a magic wall you have to go through the open
2: i want to talk about one effect that never works for me Mm -hmm. even in video games even in everything and it's the the neon green fire As soon as you, as soon as you make something neon green, I'm out. Like, it just always always, looks fake. Always looks so cheap and like, interesting. I know I love Dragon Age Inquisition, but all my powers are like neon green, and I'm, I could never get used to it. Not my favorite color. This is a glow stick. Like, I don't know. It just looks so fake, and (laughs) nobody else had this experience. No, I don't have this problem. You're digging the green fire.
0: I mean, I get what you're saying. Like, it does always look incredibly fake. I don't know if that's just us humans going like, we've had fire for thousands of years. Right. And this is not what it looks like. It's like, this primary part of our brain, we are like, that's not real fire. It's green. <laughs> 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 All right. <laughs> that's the best explanation I got for you
2: um this movie also has a great montage all good movies do and it's montage. the scene on the ship when they're learning how to dance and learning how to fight and everybody's I having a good it, time didn't I? I was like waiting
0: for the montage, waiting for the
2: montage. Yeah. Here it goes.
0: <laughs> there's always a montage
2: and this was a good one yeah
0: you can just tell like okay they're getting they're getting new clothes they're gonna have to learn how to fight this is ripe for a montage right here. A- anytime anyone has to learn how to like fight or shoot, got to do it in a montage. Yeah, because in real in real life, it would take like years to to learn this stuff.
1: Took a week. Yeah. Well, it's supposed to occur in months in the is book. In right? the book, yeah. yeah but, it's like, the but, ship, in, but in the movie, they mm-hmm. make it seem like yeah. a week. The ship is
2: only like a really tiny part, so I think mm-hmm. it's actually really smart that they put Denier in there and they made it this whole thing yeah. and yeah i really love that well, sequence. it's funny
0: that de niro is on so he's on the movie poster which i find and you kept going where's de niro my, it's like halfway movie. through the movie like is de niro in this movie or not <laughs> <laughs> obviously he got paid a lot for this little cameo otherwise i don't know if he would be on the poster
2: yeah the way they expanded the ship of like Showing the lightning rods Mm -hmm. and them flying around. Mm -hmm. Harvesting the lightning. Yeah, I thought that was really, really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, This movie's also a contender for the movie crime of no hat and hair down, which all peer dramas do. Because Victoria is supposed to be this like sexy teenager. She's seventeen. All the boys in the village love her, and she's walking into the shop and skipping the line. Oh God! She's wearing her hair down without a hat on, which always means that you're a little kid. I know it doesn't mean that (laughs) nowadays, but back in the day, if you had your hair down, it meant you're like.
0: (laughs) I love that. What drives? That's what drives you crazy in that scene. (laughs) To me, was like, my God, wait, what? She's skipping the line, and there's all these older. People in the shop, I just feel like, and they
1: don't say anything.
0: I feel like back then, especially back then, like you kind of don't. You have to just kind of respect your elders, yeah. right? Like, well, they would in have the just...
2: book, she was just so sweet and charming that people
0: didn't care, and well, they not would not in the movie. In, no, not, not in, in the, the movie, <laughs> she's a bit of a brat. <laughs> she's like cutting the line at Starbucks, going,
2: "I have a meeting in ten minutes. I'm my frappuccino."
0: everyone's just oh standing yeah she orders there.
2: a blended drink the one that <laughs> takes the longest
0: <laughs> just st- everyone's just standing there i would like someone would have just slapped her like back outside <laughs> just don't re- disrespect your elders like that back then that might fly in 2020 but not back then <laughs> <laughs> And then he, oh god, Charlie Cox's character. And then he just leaves. He's like, oh my god. <laughs> At
1: least he gets fired though. Right away. Yeah, there's some repercussion for it. <laughs> Whatever you
0: want. Oh my god,
1: you're so oh, he's pretty. so pathetic.
0: Oh, sorry, <laughs> I really don't like. Him. He's he's such. He's so weak.
2: You think he's gonna be a good ruler? No, in the end? he's
0: such. I'm sorry, he's such like a beta in the worst sense. Yeah, he's just so, ugh.
2: I don't even dislike him that much. I just think he's got a lot of growing up to do, a lot of learning to do. This
0: guy's going to be king? Jesus. (laughs) God help the kingdom.
2: (laughs) Um, My next note in here is about transitions. This movie has absolutely phenomenal transitions, and it's part of what makes all of the different storylines tie in together. Mm -hmm. Because you'll have, like michelle pfeiffer throwing up runes but then mark is the one who's catching mm-hmm, them right um you know the star is falling but then it pans down to tristan having that midnight picnic all right and the, the transitions and editing are so brilliant in between every scene that it's like it's not like a sudden cut of like oh my god we just spent an hour with like samwise and frodo and now i have to adjust myself to like no now we're back with like legolas and gimli and you know it's right, like sure. it's
1: more like seamless i like, feel and yeah
0: yeah i didn't even think about it like that. that's a good point
1: there wasn't any uh areas where you were like sometimes in movies you're like oh that could be cut or that could be cut like that's not mm-hmm. necessary it was very fluid in the fact yeah. that i never really felt bored but they no, were not a lot of talking fat. about a lot of different people in a lot of different situations and they but they were able to like make it fluid throughout
0: which again you know matthew vaughn is only his second movie ever he's got a fairly big budget with all these stars kind like not bad for your sophomore directing effort
2: i wanted to talk about the ending in the book um because in the book he ends up at this market again and then his mom is finally freed Mm -hmm. and she introduces herself and there's not a lot of emotional payoff It's like they just kind of get... In the book, they just kind of get together. And then the mom's like, hey, I'm your Mm -hmm. mom. And you're the last remaining ruler to the kingdom. And we should go back home to the palace. And there's not a whole romance between the mom and the dad in the book either. Mm. And then Tristan's like, no, I'm just going to go backpacking for like three years and find myself. (laughs) And why don't you go home instead and rule the kingdom? It's like, your mom has been through so much. (laughs) And like, this is... (laughs) worst son ever (laughs) he like finally comes back and like rules the kingdom but i just thought it was so sweet in the movie how she's like i'm your mom and then they like hug and then you know they're there for each other and like oh i finally found my mom even though i wasn't really looking because i sucked but (laughs) yeah (laughs) i have a question though in the book
1: in the book is doesn't he have, like, a stepmom? Like, isn't his dad married? Yeah, so he finally and finds out... And he has a out, sister, right?
2: Yeah, he finds out that his mom isn't his actual mom, that he has these magic... He's almost, always kind of different, and then he finds out he's, like, half from the fairy kingdom.
0: Uh-huh. When his dad in the movie, like, gives him the candle and gives him the whole backstory, and the main character is just like, oh, whoa, okay. Like, he's been basically lied to about, like, the story of what, of what his mom... Like, what does his dad tell him? Like, well, his mom died or Well, he probably just doesn't tell him right? anything. I don't know. If if I was a make it up, I'd be like, oh, holy crap. Like, what?
2: I don't know. They have a little moment there mm. in the <laughs> attic. Uh, the book is also written, like, as if it's, like, an older fairy tale. Mm-hmm. So, it's very imaginative. and has all that beautiful writing, but there's not these big, like, emotional, like, character moments as it... Like, if you're reading, like, a book from the romance genre or something mm-hmm. like that, it's just like, oh, and they lived happily ever after. Okay. So he deliberately writes the book like that. But I think for a movie, it pays off when you have those more emotional scenes in there of, like, characters getting together or, you know, falling in love. And yeah. you know. okay. I have one last thing to say yeah. about this. let's do it. The fantasy genre is always really guilty of this and there's really no excuse. But I think this could have easily been a more diverse movie, especially because you have this magical oh, fairy yeah, kingdom totally. and you have like one black guy on the <laughs> ship there and there's, there's no reason for it. I yeah, don't know. Something
0: about the fantasy genre. It's always, and especially when it's like a lot of British accents, it's never, it's always just a bunch of white people with British accents, no?
2: well i think where it comes from is tolkien being this father of fantasy but he has this huge historical background so he based his whole middle earth and that story about these rules of how to be a knight and Mm. the idea of like knightly love so the knights do all the action and the women are at home and i think we got a lot of lack of diversity from that and still it's also very male dominated genre where a lot of old school gender conventions still right. exist. And I think modern writers are really pushing back against that now. And I think while Tolkien maybe did a good job of bringing the story to life based on all his historical mm-hmm. knowledge, you have these nerds then taking that and go and not having that knowledge and then going, oh, my world is also going to be sexist and my world is also going to be white because that's what I've been reading. I grew up with Tolkien. But they don't have like a critical thought of, like, why is that my default? if that right. If that makes sense, they don't yeah. spend the time to like explore right. that it's and like this is what
0: the genre is,
2: we've right when it's like it really shouldn't be. it was just one guy doing what's so weird, especially
0: thing. if you think of the word fantasy like Ex- fantasy yeah. genre, it seems right. like you should just be able to do whatever the hell you want, like
2: exactly, yeah, I mean,
0: you have this genre where there's witches and trolls and dragons, but we can't have like a black guy who's a knight right. like somehow that's out of our <laughs> realm right. of imagination. It's so strange. <laughs> Yeah. like more than any other genre you should just be able to it should just be so easy to have it be more diverse
1: this movie came out in 2007 are we looking at it from a 2020 point of view or did all the movies i mean i'm not saying the diversity i'm saying was diversity i don't, I don't know that we're lacking knocking this
0: movie specific. We're just the genre as no a whole, no no, i, no, think, I agree right? with you
1: I'm i'm not disagreeing with any of your points i'm just asking from a point of view from this movie in 2007 were movies as diversified as they are because we are looking at it from a standpoint right now where work we have this expectation that movies need to start diversifying more and there needs to be more of this are we like it well that was an was ethical in 2007 that's all I'm asking
2: that was only thirteen years ago you would have thought that yeah, but, and there's so many activists and so many things that happen around that issue and Hollywood just kind of shuts his eyes to that and they still do that nowadays
0: so I when I mean, you yeah, you look at look at the most recent giant fantasy thing was Game of Thrones. That's not exactly, but you know, it's just the genre as a whole it seems to be and
1: think I think Hollywood st- as a whole yeah. seems to be because it's still got these a lot of these old school white like mm-hmm. that's the money, that's the, where the backers mm-hmm. are, you know, and, and I think that they're starting to realize that they need to start diversifying, but it's definitely, it's not just, it's not just fantasy. It's an area where they should be able to diversify mm-hmm. faster because it's right, in it's, your imagination, I'm but it, it's, it's the entire Hollywood as movies are just, yeah. they're lacking. They, they should be right. pushing us forward. And a lot of them aren't.
2: Yeah, and I think we've become so vocal with the internet now where we're like, we, we're we not going to stand for this anymore. Like, we're so tired of it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Matthew Vaughn is sitting down with his casting director like, I only want white people. I think he just does not, is not thinking about it. Yeah, sure. You know, so I'm not, no, no, there's no, no, no,
0: no excuse,
2: but it's yeah
0: it's just just you know more awareness and mm-hmm. obviously there's a big push for that right now mm-hmm. so <laughs> mm-hmm. um yeah. fun fact though matthew vaughn i didn't know this when i was researching he's did you know he's married to uh oh God. claudia Schiffer. yeah i had no idea yeah he she was supposed to be a vein, but she was pregnant
2: ah
0: yeah so claudia schiffer if you don't know is basically the Biggest German supermodel after like Heidi Klum. I had no idea he's married to her. I'm like, oh. mm-hmm. I, had, I had a good time watching. I had a way better time watching it than I thought I was going to. Actually. Yeah, you don't <laughs>
1: like period fan. I
0: kind of got, su- I wasn't even planning on doing this podcast, and you guys were watching the movie. <laughs> like, where
1: not you all come watch it with us? Come on.
0: <laughs> I was like, okay, I got nothing else to do. And I'm like, oh, it's a good time. It was fun. A good
2: time. fun. <laughs> I, I just want to say that. This was my first game and novel. I only read it because I joined this wonderful, wonderful book club online. And it's a pretty short book. If you enjoy this movie, I think it's worth checking it out. I think there's originally, it was like a comic book too, if that's more accessible, which I have not read that version. but That
1: was what I almost got because I, I, I try I was going to read this book for this podcast and failed miserably. <laughs> so I had been trying to get it through the library and it just didn't come up. The book but i did get the uh comic book yeah and i did read through that a yeah. little bit so, oh yeah. yeah
0: when did you say anything about that because
1: i don't remember it <laughs> <laughs> but like i read through it briefly and then i was like this isn't the right book
2: <laughs> uh, yeah is it, it, it the same yeah. story as the
0: book or does it tell like a slightly different i think the wording
2: is a little the wording bit different, is different in the book club we compared okay. versions and some of our just slight words were different, but I wasn't sure it was like an same. expansion
0: of the universe. No, I don't. It's just a comic yeah, so, version of yeah. the story. Yeah. Okay. So
2: yeah. so yeah. Good book, good movie, good stuff. Fun times.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, that is it for today's episode. You can um, find us. Go ahead, read us out, Tabby.
2: Um, on Twitter and Instagram at Modern Life Pod, and our website is modernlifepodcast dot You can email us modernlifepod at gmail dot com and. Yeah, we usually come out with two episodes per month. We're going to be having The Last of Us coming up soon. Just started
0: playing that, Last of Us 2. So
2: look out for that one. And yeah, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.
0: I hate to throw anything away. You know the day you do it'll come back in fashion. Be also de la mode. Now, uh, you darling, have
1: some lovely dresses. Take your pick.
0: Oh, no, really. I'm fine.
1: Honey, you're wearing a bathrobe.